welcome back to a exciting episode of the podcast. Today we have two very special guests from Roanoke. Go ahead, introduce yourselves. Hi, my name is Julie. And I'm Josh Kin. We're of the band Kinfolk, a Celtic group here in Roanoke. Very, very cool. So can you tell me a little bit about yourselves? And uh, are you guys Roanoke natives or did you move here? Or? We both um, are transplants to Roanoke. I came to Roanoke in 2016 from Alabama. Yep, and I came from Georgia at the end of 2015. Uh, uh, Julie came up for college and I moved up here to take a job. And uh, we just happened to meet by way of the uh, local Celtic festival, the, the Green Hill Highland Games. Yeah. Very cool. So um, how did you guys get into uh, the type of music that you guys have or, or perform? I'll let you answer that one first. For me, it was um, always around. My grandfather is a bagpiper. And when I was 10, I started playing in the orchestra and he was in his mid forties at the time. And he decided he was going to take up bagpiping and just on a whim, he um, bought a, a set of pipes and a chanter and um, just started practicing. And after about a year or two, he was competing in the Highland games doing the Peabrock competition. And uh, ever since then, you know, if we were going to visit their house. There was always bagpipe music or some kind of Celtic album playing and uh, so it was only natural that when I started learning that I was learning the same tunes that he was um, studying. So that's, <laughs> that was my first exposure to Celtic music. And I've just always been in love with it ever since I was a kid. See, that's really cool because I, I, I grew up like my, my dad had a lot of Celtic CDs, but I didn't have a lot of actual music culture, Celtic music culture in my family until I moved to Roanoke for college. And I just happened to stumble upon the Roanoke traditional Irish session. Because um, I've always liked the sound of the music, so I had my, my drum, the Bowron, that I didn't know how to play, and I just started showing up to the sessions, and I really got to learn about the Celtic music culture there, within a circle of people here in Roanoke. So I feel like we have kind of divergent stories there. It's true, but I'll say that, you know, outside the sphere of, of performing with, you know, like family members, because, you know, my, my uncle and my cousin were, were also into Scottish fiddling, um, outside of that, uh, there weren't many people where I was living at the time that were really into Celtic music. So I would have to wait until we went to like a Renaissance fair or the Stone Mountain Highland games to, to really be around other musicians like that. <laughs> so once we both moved up to, uh, Roanoke and joined the session, like both of our repertoires, I think really just took off. It's, it's actually like participating in sort of living history in a way. Yeah. There's no lack of yeah. it here. Yeah, I find it very, very soothing to hear that type of music. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a wide range of it. I mean, you, you get everything from the really calm, like Celtic ballad sort of sound. You can have like the gritty, like punk side of it. And there's a lot of Celtic punk fusion these days. Um, it's, it's a really versatile style. You can really get a huge range, but it's always got that calm feeling to it on the undercurrent. I think the best example, or the funniest example I can give is we um, we did a Valentine's Day concert for an online Celtic festival one time, and we were like, oh, we're going to only sing songs about love from the Celtic tradition, and oh my goodness, there's so many different versions on that theme. You have straight-up love songs, but then you have love songs in which 
the spouses hate each other so much that they're trying to kill each other. You have songs about just about alcohol and how much you love it, love for your country. Like it just runs the gamut of emotion. <laughs> yeah. And it always sounds super calm. Yes. <laughs> so for, for those people like myself, where does the Celtic music originate from? Is that like Scotland or Ireland or? Yeah. So when most people think of Celtic music, their first thought goes to Ireland, usually goes straight to Scotland after that. Mm -hmm. um, Celtic music actually, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of different Celtic nations um, and it's, it gets really nerdy, um, but I'll see if I can remember all of them and I'm, I'm going to forget one. I apologize in advance. So you have Ireland, Scotland, uh, Wales, the Isle of Man, um, Brittany, Brittany um, and I like my only contribution. No, no, no. That that's, conversation. that's great. That's great. Um, anyway, there's, there's a couple, there's a six one. And then, um, Galatia is sort of a controversial, um, one because it's, it's, it was an ancient um, member of the Celtic nations, but it's um, the, like the Galatian language and that culture really died out around, I think the middle ages, if I remember right, it's something like that. But, um, and then of course you have how Celtic music has kind of evolved when it like moved across the oceans and it settled into communities where people were apart from where it originated, such as um, music in Nova Scotia is very distinct. Honestly, the music around here in the, in the Blue Ridge mountains is pretty distinct. Yeah. Like it, it it blurs over with the old time and the bluegrass around here, which is kind of cool. Yeah, you can get to this point where, um, you know, it, it's really easy to go into any genre and say it all sounds the same. But when you really spend that time to, to learn the differences between the two, you can start to pick out the regional differences. I mean, even in, in Ireland, they have different styles of fiddling between counties. Um, I think uh, Online Academy of Irish Music is a place where a lot of people go to learn music and I, they have a whole course on just Donegal fiddling hmm. and the Doolin style of, of tin whistle, things like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really, really fun, not just to, you know, appreciate the, the genre as a whole, but to see like all the intricacies and the variations from region to region. It's, it's a really widespread tradition, uh, much larger than you, you would expect on the surface. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, and it sounds like, you know, that, that type of music is is not only cultural, but it goes across different cultures as well. Just because it's so uh, it's so diverse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and it it really does transcend just you know the Celtic nations. I mean, obviously, um, a lot of um, the American population um, has roots in in that Celtic culture, but there's even a huge appreciation for Celtic music in Japan. Uh, in fact, uh, we were part of um, the Emerging Artist Showcase. Is it last year or the year before? It was last year. It was so okay. neat. There was a there's a festival in Canada called the Godrich um, Celtic um, Roots Festival, yeah. and they had an Emerging Artist Showcase, and they chose one. Uh, they chose ten bands, and only one from each country that like there, there were no two bands from the same country and we were the only ones from the u.s so we were really we felt really cool being there um but the uh the the two bands that eventually um won and are actually going to be at the festival this year um one was a cello player from scotland and then the other one was this fantastic band from japan called ojizo we'd yeah. never heard of them before but we're really glad we were part of that they're they were amazing yeah 
Yeah, and you know, it, they had their own sound too, but it was very clearly Celtic. There is something that's just quintessentially Celtic that you know it as soon as you hear it. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes down to the Celtic music, what what instruments are in the Celtic music other than you know, obviously things like the bagpipe and Well, bagpipe's definitely a big one. That, that's, that's a very big cultural <laughs> instrument. Like if you um, if you come down to our Irish session on Mondays at Big Lake Brewing, you'll hear things like fiddles, you'll hear penny whistles, you're, you'll hear mandolins, banjos. Some people might be surprised to hear that there are banjos in the Celtic music tradition. I play a drum called the Balrin or the Boran, depending on how you pronounce it. it it's a hand drum. You, you drum with one hand and you tune with the other. And then Josh plays an octave mandolin. Yeah, that's a relatively new thing. Uh, that was the octave mandolin, also called the bazooki, was brought into the Celtic tradition. Uh, I, largely, people credit um, people like Donald Lunny and Andy Irvine with that. They brought that over from the, the Balkans when they were playing music over there back in the 1960s. Um, and then they sort of adopted the Greek bazooki to Irish music. So that's where, you know, things like the octave mandolin, the bazooki um, come into play. So there's a lot of relatively new instruments that people think are really old. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also in in sessions, you're not going to hear. So you mentioned the bagpipes earlier. Most people, when they think of bagpipes, they think of the Scottish Highland pipes, the really loud ones. Um, But um, typically in a session setting, you'll have an Irish version of that called the illin pipes. And illin is the Gaelic word for elbow. And it's powered by a, an arm pump. So the, the musician will pump their arm um, to move air into the, the bagpipes. And it, it has a whole different uh, method of playing. It's got a, a, its whole, whole own um, timbre and sound to it. It's, it's really neat. It's a beautiful instrument. Oh, yeah. and speaking of other things that squeeze, you get accordions and concertinas. Although to circle yeah. back to your original question, um, the, the, the most traditional instruments you're going to have uh, for for like Celtic music, especially Irish music, the harp is probably the oldest. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But there was also a period of time, if I can go on another tangent, where um, <laughs> instruments were actually outlawed. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if it was both in Scotland and Ireland, but um, anyway, there was, there was a time where music uh, or musical instruments were outlawed. So um, they developed a uh, tradition called push to veil, which the equivalent to today would be like beatboxing. Um, folks would take, syllables really percussive repetitive syllables and um and adapt that in such a way so that it sounded like an instrument so people could still dance to it that's very very interesting i didn't know that that tangent over <laughs> yeah so as yeah, there's a ton of really far cool, as um, rabbit holes you can go yeah definitely as far as um events you've done have you ventured outside of uh virginia to do any other than uh, the one up in Canada? We wish we'd completely done the one up in Canada. It was online. Ah. Um, there were a lot of opportunities afforded to um, kind of beginner Celtic bands. But because of the the pandemic, every all, of, all entertainment had to be online. So I feel like we actually were able to kind of be discovered by some people in that way. Um, we have played um, at a Celtic festival in Asheville, North Carolina, the Asheville Celtic Festival in February of each year. We've um, been at a Renaissance Fair in uh, West Virginia. Um, we, we want to keep 
branching out of the state, but I think those are the only two times we've really performed out of the state. We did a, um, a live streamed Christmas concert for his family's church back in Georgia. It was, <laughs> it was the most heartwarming pandemic thing you could have imagined. No one could get together. So we did a, a, a live stream concert from our living room and the church in Georgia put up a projector on the <laughs> church walls and they all sat outside <laughs> and it was incredibly wholesome. But I don't know if that counts as having ventured outside of Virginia. Yeah, and the next year when we when we went down to visit for Christmas, we did a, a performance for them there. But but we want to continue expanding where we're playing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the the closest that we've had to out of state um, performances since Asheville was the Manassas Viking Festival. So That's technically, cool. we're still in in Virginia, but we're just on the cusp of DC. Mm-hmm. So. Do you have a favorite venue that you've done when you were able to? You perform live? I have one I want to shout out. I do too. Okay, we might be shouting out the same one. Um, so a lot of people know about this already, but a lot of people don't, and more people need to know. There is a, um, a listening room here in Roanoke that's been around for 35 years now, I think. It's called Third Street Coffee House. Um, it's in the basement of a church. Um, it's where Boy Scouts used to meet. There, there are yeah. footprints all over the ceiling from where the Boy Scouts did some kind of weird Boy Scout ritual. You can speak to that. But <laughs> yeah, it's when they made Eagle, they would um, yeah. get to put their footprints on the, the roof. But yeah. it's a wonderful, intimate little venue. Um, little stage, very limited seating space. They call themselves a, a listening room, and they bring in people like... They bring in some pretty big names, and it's a very intimate setting. And, and we always have a wonderful welcome when we play there. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's been great, and they've been wonderful to us. I, I, I'm pretty sure we owe a lot of our success to Third Street for yeah. all they've done for us over the years. It's where we released our first album. They, we had our um, album party there. One week before the entire city shut, shut down because of COVID, I might add. <laughs> we packed that room full of people. <laughs> and then... And then it was a week before St. Patrick's Day. Everything got canceled after that, but we got to have our party. <laughs> I will say, for, for many um, of the venues that we've played at, there's been very few negative experiences. In fact, I can't even think of any overtly bad places that we've played off the top of my head. Maybe yeah. that just means we need to play more. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just means that Roanoke is the perfect place to live and everyone should move here. Yeah, there you so, go. So, <laughs> as far as albums go, how many have you put out? Is it just one, or is it more than one, or...? We just have the one for right now. We have the second one in production. Uh, we are um, maybe one or two recording sessions away from being complete with uh, with the recording. Just need to go through the mastering process and all the other rigmarole that goes with production <laughs> from there. Yeah, our first one was eight tracks long, and we're really proud of it. We we like what we we like what we made, and it's been very strong for us. This one, we're trying to make it a full twelve track album. So like Josh said, we've um, recorded most of it at this point. We just have to put the finishing touches on it, and then we just have to get it out in the world. We um, are very much resisting putting a date on when that will happen because you never know, but we're, but we're actively fine. working on it. We're very excited about it. When you're a duo, you have a temptation when you go to make a new album where you want to layer additional instruments and things like that. In our first album, we just said we want it. We want all the tracks to sound exactly like how they would sound if we did them live. And that's what we did. And I think they came yeah. out pretty pretty well, except with the exception of one track. We layered some extra drums in there. But 
Um, over time, um, we, we may look at doing some more things like that. But I'll say, like, even even when we share the stage with really big, like, Celtic rock bands, um, people have always been very receptive and uh, seem to enjoy the, the more traditional sound, uh, to the extent that it is traditional. <laughs> yeah. The Celtic music community is very diverse. You have the Celtic rock, the Celtic punk. You have the Celtic trad, which is what we do, Celtic so traditional. Where can, where can people find your current album at? They can find it wherever they like to listen to music. Um, if they're Spotify people, we're on Spotify. If they're like me and they're stuck in the early 2000s, I listen to all of my music on YouTube. You can find us there. Um, you can um, find our music on iTunes. We have, oh, Josh is holding up a yeah, copy. Physical <laughs> CDs, although the glare might be getting in the way of the image. But. Yeah, we, um, we sell physical CDs. Um, the best way to contact us about those is to find our um, Facebook page or our Instagram. We're working on getting an online shop put up on our website that'll cut up all of that. <laughs> We're two steps away. Right, right. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely want people to be able to listen to our music and to be able to find it wherever they're looking. We, um, we have social media profiles on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, and that, so those are, are the big ones that we... we are there any uh, Celtic uh, bands that you want to eventually play with or be a part of a concert with? Go on. I know what you're going to say. Well, there, okay, I got two that I'll say. Do it. Um, <laughs> as as an octave mandolin player, I'm a very big fan of Andy Irvine. So if there was ever a way to, um, even just to like sit and play a couple of tunes with him, um, I would love that. Um, and, and with that, Andy Irvine actually came to my college with his band Patrick Street. And this was back before I knew who I was standing in the presence of. I would love to meet the whole of Patrick Street again, especially Andy Irvine. Yeah, and he just turned 80, too, so happy birthday to Andy. Indeed. Um, but the other big um, band, it, I don't realize—I don't know if they realize how much they've encouraged us. Or maybe they do. <laughs> I don't know. The Gothard Sisters um, are an independent Celtic music group, and they're incredible. They're on um, the West Coast, right? Are they in Washington State? I think so. Yeah, near Portland or Maybe Seattle Oregon. or something around there. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I'm not quite sure where, but so, somewhere in that area. But they're they're three sisters and they're wonderful. They're multi talented. Um, they play bowerin, guitar, mandolin. All of them play fiddle. All of them dance. All of them sing. So you can't just count that dancing part. That is something that not every Celtic fan can do. We would love, love, love to um, do a gig with them sometime. Yeah. Um, they are also performing at the Appaloosa. Music festival, and I think that's in August. I can't remember. July or August. But they're on the East Coast. That would be like, fun. Oh, cool! Yeah. <laughs> we should go see them. Yeah. So that's my answer. I mean, yeah. pretty much my answers too. Actually, I was like, well, he's definitely going to say the Gothic Sisters, and then I want to bring up Patrick Street. So you brought up Patrick Street first. <laughs> <laughs> so you brought up that you're on social media and that you're on YouTube. Is it all under Kinfolk? Yeah, yeah. Um, all of our social media is either under Kinfolk, we, it, which is a pun for anybody who is not reading our name right now. It's our, our last name is Kin, K-I-N-N, -N, folk on the end, because we're punny people. 
Um, but all of our social media handles are either kinfolk when we could get it or it's kinfolk.music. Right. Um, <laughs> and sometimes on YouTube, you just need to go ahead and type in kinfolk music because there are a lot, of, a lot of things that have the word kinfolk in the title. Yeah, it'll that'll be the case for right now. We're hoping it, if we're able to um, get the channel to grow over time mm -hmm. that the algorithm algorithm, well, I'm going to try that again, <laughs> will um, make it a bit easier to find our music. Yeah. We've been venturing into music videos lately. We um, we recently acquired a, a, a nice camera, or a nice enough camera, and we made a music video for one of the tracks from our first album, and it was a really fun experience. Yes. So we're, we're wanting to make more of those and um, Very also cool. kind of make it So what, what uh, events do you have coming up? Album. If you like and pretty... What events do we have coming up? We um, we have a couple of local events. We're going to be at um, Old Salem Brewing Company, um, the, the Salem location, at the very beginning of July. Um, we play at Valhalla Winery, Valhalla Vineyards, um, pretty much every month in the summer. We love that venue. Yes. They're wonderful. It's a beautiful view, too. It's right mm -hmm. at the top of the mountain. Yeah. Um, so we, we've done a lot of local things, at least for, for right now. Uh, we'll be looking at other... Um, possible festivals or oh, Highland Games. Here's one. Roanoke's local Highland Games is in August. The Green Hill Highland Games, if anybody's interested in uh, Highland culture, Celtic music, watching strong people throw heavy things. I know I like that. That's, <laughs> that's on the, um, the last Saturday in August this year. August 27th, I believe, is the day. We'll be there. We also do a number of live streams, too, but anyone who wants to keep in touch with, with us and see what what and where we're going to be playing is um, check our events page out on our website. Mm -hmm. It's kinfolk. Um, <laughs> no, there's no dialogue. No, Very cool. It's been a lot of fun chatting with you guys. <laughs> and I wish you guys the most success. It sounds like you guys are on the up and up. So. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Hopefully, we can do it again. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, really appreciate it. This is fun. Hope, hope you guys have a great night. Oh yeah, hopefully we can do this again. You've broken up. We can't. And and you guys have a great night. Same to you.